A reading from Matthew. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you you will not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If you ask any seminarian, Lutheran, Methodist, or other, who went through Lutheran Theological Southern Seminary before the year 2000, if you ask them who was the most influential professor they had during their time there, most would tell you Dr. Charlie Siegel. Dr. Siegel taught New Testament as well as Biblical Greek. Dr. Siegel was elderly and very old school, kind of an institution at the seminary. He was legally blind, and when he read from the Bible, he held it like this, about six inches from the corner of his right eye. But we caught on pretty quickly that Dr. Siegel had the New Testament memorized in English and in Greek. He was amazing, and he was inspiring, and he scared freshmen half to death. (laughs) But he loved his students with tough love, and he absolutely relished teaching Greek. I have fond memories of him during summer Greek, fond memories of him, not summer Greek. (laughs) Summer Greek was like Greek boot camp, Greek, all day for six weeks that ended in a comp test pass-fail. But I can still see Dr. Siegel standing in front of the room, waving his arm, driving a point home about this nuance or that nuance in the Greek, all nuances that were flying over my head. I knew they were important, but I was really lousy in Greek. I wasn't good at learning living languages, let alone dead ones. However, God is good, and by the grace of God, I passed that pomp by the skin of my teeth. I remember Dr. Siegel wrote on the top of my test, Kathy, I am pleased you let the Greek carry you. When you throw syntax away, it all falls apart. Work on your syntax during reading week, signed C.S. I could have worked on my syntax for the rest of my life. It wouldn't have done me any good. But I did love the man for trying so hard to teach me. So why am I telling you all of this? 
Well, because of the three, count them, three things that I remember from my summer Greek, our gospel text this morning contains one of them. One of the nuances that Dr. Siegel was so excited about. I remember it because even I thought it was so cool, and I still do. And this morning I get to share it with you and make Dr. Siegel proud. The next time you see him, I hope you'll tell him. The devil says to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to be made into loaves of bread. If you are the Son of God. Now in biblical Greek, Dr. Siegel would tell us there are a few ways to write the word if at the beginning of a statement like this, a conditional clause. One way of writing if, you don't know whether the statement is true or not. You're kind of asking a question. The other way of writing if, you know that the statement is absolutely true. It is a reality. The writer of Matthew is using that second if in this text. So, and this is exactly the way Dr. Siegel explained it, what the devil is saying is, if you are the Son of God, parentheses, and I know that you are, end of parentheses, Turn these stones into bread. If you are the Son of God, and I know that you are, turn these stones into bread. The devil isn't asking Jesus to prove who he is. God said who Jesus was at his baptism. This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And even the devil knows that God doesn't lie. The devil knows exactly who Jesus is. What the devil is really saying is, since you are the Son of God, and we all know that you are, show us your stuff. Show us what you're made out of. It's a taunt. And he takes it a step further to turn those taunts into temptations three times. But none of it has anything to do with Jesus proving that he is the Son of God. It has everything to do with Jesus showing what kind of Son of God he will be. Will he use his power for his own purposes? Will he trust in God's love and provision? Or will he put God to some type of cheap theatrical test? Will he be the son of God in the world, not of the world? Or be enticed by the trappings of the world, losing faith in God and finally turning away from him? Well, the devil's tricks don't work. Against every attempt to shake his trust in God and turn him away, Jesus stands firm in the Father's love, in his providence, in his promise. Jesus proves what kind of a son of God he is by saying no to the devil and sending him packing. He comes to the test stronger, his sonship furnished, which he will need, because for Jesus the wilderness goes on. We have a tendency to see this encounter as Jesus thwarting old scraps in his temptations once and for all. But for the rest of his life, Jesus will be invited, even expected, to show his power in worldly ways, to be called on to give a sign for this wicked generation. And some of the last words he will hear as he hangs on a cross are, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. The irony of those words spoken by a dying thief is Jesus is the Messiah, and Jesus does save us. 
He shows what kind of a son of God he is in action words. He heals. He forgives. He touches. He casts out demons. He teaches. He dies on a cross for us. And God raises him on the third day, and the gates of eternity are opened for you and for me. So what about you and me? What in the world do we do in response to that? If you are a child of God, what kind of child of God will you be? If you are a child of God, and by virtue of your baptism, when God claimed you as his own, you are. If you are a child of God, and you know that you are, what kind of child of God will you be? In action words, will you heal, teach, praise, sing, build, preach, pray? Will you love God by loving all his people? You know, the 40 days of Lent are like a condensed wilderness experience for us. They are a time to examine ourselves and to ask, what kind of child of God am I? Have I been? Or wish to be. And there are all kinds of ways to open ourselves to those questions. Scripture reading, devotions, praying, journaling, fasting, meditative walks, worship, and holy communion. The list to choose from is a long one. But as the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness, so the Spirit leads us, encourages us, abides in us giving us the strength and the resolve to ask ourselves hard questions, to answer truthfully, to repent and seek forgiveness, and then to do the work needed to strengthen our relationship with God. May these 40 days of Lent be fruitful times for all of us, children of God, for that is what we are. And in all that the Spirit leads us to and through, may our faith be strengthened, And may our most gracious God be glorified. Amen.